Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello, all my people, and if you're listening to, watching live, or checking us out on YouTube, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Spots and Chair Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll sprinkle in some video game references or curse words, you know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here on this journey, and today that journey is our favorite wrestling video games. Joining us tonight for the first time is the lead host of the Smack Draw podcast, The Rewind. He is the fearless leader of the Smack Draw podcast network. He is Kyle Tyson. Kai, how you doing, bud? Hey, man, about time I got on this show. Man, I, been, I was wondering I was wondering who was going to be first. Was I going to be on your show or were we going to have you on the rewind? It looks like you won. So I you got uh, me onto yours. I got to the race. So you are actually the uh, the final piece to this puzzle. I've had RN and Dave both on with Bobby and I. So you're the the last link. Save, saving the best for last. That's right. That is right. Unless the best unless, you know, in reference to the best you're talking about uh, wrestling trivia, in which case I notoriously lose every time. So I have to be honest with you, Kai. I am O for a million on any wrestling-related trivia show that I've been on in my podcasting history. I do not think I have a win yet. Yeah, the win. My I've been on two, and the first one I literally said on air my goal was to not come in last, and I didn't. I did not come in last, and then our mo- my most recent appearance, I, I came in last. Unfortunately, that's WWE style. You're in yeah. there. <laughs> all right with us as always the co-host extraordinaire he is the bonnie to my clyde the yellow shoe guy himself bonnie bobby mac bobby how was your tuesday oh man a great tuesday taco tuesday never goes wrong well all right gentlemen look uh we're gonna get this going we're gonna talk about your favorite wrestling video games this could be from any genre any catalog system gameplay mobile anything let's talk wrestling video games but first kai when you play a video game before we dive into our list, what are the things you look for most in a game when you're playing? So when I was younger, I liked really long, um, well thought out like stories, like uh, like some of my most favorite games that are non-wrestling related, um, like The Last of Us, um, just because it was, it's a huge story. The story is front and center, and then the, the gameplay itself is kind of a backseat. But nowadays, as a full-time employee at my job and then also a full-time parent, I like games where I can get in and get out in like 20, 30 minutes tops because unless it's really late at night um, and my kids are in bed, if I'm in my office where I play video games for more than like 20 or 30 minutes, I'm usually that means I'm neglecting my family. So I, I have a hard time getting myself into that just in the mood to play. So recently I've been playing WWE 2K22 little bits here and there. Um, and then also Rocket League. I'll play Rocket League because it's once again, a game I can, I can literally hop in and out of in under 20 minutes. Bobby, what about you? What are you playing these days? Uh, I guess being older um, and my kids out of the house, GTA, I will legit get on there for like eight, 10 hours at a time. Um, <sighs> and I miss it. Yeah. I think that's my longest streak is like nine and a half hours uh, for playing GTA five and legit. I don't know what I'm doing on there. Like I'm the worst shooter. If you join me and I'm part of your group, I'm the guy standing back, letting you do all the work. And I'm just standing by the getaway car going, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm that annoying wife, you know? Um, But yeah, like Tetris to challenge my brain every now and then Um, back in the day, you know, Super Mario Brothers was one of my favorites, um, you know, exclude uh, number two. And uh, yeah, th- those are mine. Like those, those are my games. Okay. Um, following in behind you guys. Um, I think my all time favorite video game is the Ocarina of Time Legends of Zelda in 64. Um, I feel like it's a pretty solid pick for me. Uh, followed closely by a, a left field input would be Fallout 4. I've always been a big Fallout guy. I like RPGs. Um, I also like Kai. Don't have a lot of extra time to deep dive into games. But when I do, I want to like 
immerse myself in it. So that's what I like most about games like Fallout. Uh, another big one was Red Dead Redemption. I spent a lot of time playing Red Dead 2. Um, so Where, I, did you beat Red Dead 2? Um, I'm almost to the very end of it. I played Red Dead 1. No one ever beats it. No. The, the, no one ever finishes that game. <laughs> that's like Arkham Asylum. Like, it took me, I would say I was on that thing every night to like 5 a.m. when my daughter would go to sleep back in the day. And it, no, you can't win. <laughs> Um, all right, gentlemen, let's dive right into the, the meat of this conversation, our favorite wrestling video games. So I'm going to start with you, Kai. Go off the bat, pick one off your list, and let's see what we got. So I'm going to knock this one out. Not that it was my most favorite as far as enjoyment-wise, but my most favorite to spend money. And I am actually going to throw this one out of left field, and it's actually the mobile game WWE Supercard. These guys took me to the cleaner for almost a year straight, and before I knew it, I was out almost $700 in this stupid little card game. And it's not even like a traditional card game in the sense. Um I don't know what it was that hooked me. I think what it was is that where the meta was at, I was so close to becoming a top tier player on the planet. That is what drove me. So I would spend $5 here, $20 there. Um, and then overnight, they introdu introduced three new tiers when my deck was only a couple cards away from being 100% top tier. And it was only at that moment did I have to acknowledge, like I had a serious problem. I had to talk to my clan. I told everybody, look, I'm going to like, I'm going to lose my home. My wife is going to leave me. I can't spend any more money on this stupid wrestling card game. WWE super card, please never play it. Uh <laughs> Sounds like an OnlyFans account. <laughs> I have to admit, I fell down the the mobile game uh, well for a really long time. I played Clash of Clans for like six years, and I sank so much money into a silly mobile game. It was ridiculous, mm -hmm. and it was nuts to think about when you look back at it because you think about when you were a kid buying a game for forty, fifty, sixty dollars seemed like a lot of money, and then you think about these free mobile games that were just sinking just ass loads of money into week after week and it's to buy stupid cosmetic shit and gyms and stuff to make your stuff be better and like you think about the sheer money they get off of just microtransactions and video games today alone is ridiculous yeah there's one game that's getting me a little bit nowadays i think i sink about five to ten dollars in it just every two or three months and it is a clash royale uh ripoff it is south park uh, phone destroyer it is it is clash royale but with a south park skin on it and i play that game like every single day um but i only sink about five to ten dollars in about every two or three months i play for free uh for the most part all right bobby mac your turn what's one off your list um my list i'm a big wwe 2k person like i really do like those games um and i'm gonna say even though it was one of the worst ones I think I like it because it's so bad. It is twenty? Like no, Bobby, don't do that. There are so many. Do not feed the beast. There are so many glitches. Like it's so funny. Like just to like play it and just be like, what's gonna happen now? Like who's gonna do this? The referees outside the ring counting for nothing. Like it's so stupid. Um, and the the only thing I find like really great is like the career mode of it. Like I do enjoy the career mode. I don't see a lot of glitches in that. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost like impossible to win a Royal Rumble, which that's stuff. Did you did you know 2K20 is not the worst WWE 2K game there is? No way. It is it is 2K. I want to say 17 or 18 for the Nintendo Switch. It's the only WWE 2K 2K game they put on the Switch, and it is unplayable. Like it is literally broken. They never updated it to a playable status. I think I bought it when it was down to like 13 bucks and it was still, I want my money back still to this day. It is the worst. Of the release? It, it was a $60 release. And if you know anything about the Nintendo marketplace, they do not discount stuff. And for this game to go from 60 bucks to less than 15 shows the state that this game was in. 
I absolutely yeah. could not in my life bring myself to play a wrestling game on the Switch. I have one, and 99.9% of the reason why I got my Switch was so I could play Legends of Zelda, uh, the the Breath of the Wild. That's the only reason I got my Switch, period. There's I play Mario Kart on a whim, but I couldn't imagine trying to play a WWE game on a Switch. That seems crazy. Yeah, unless Mario is involved, like they, they should put him as a playable character. In, in WWE? Yeah. Like, you can make him. You can make him. There has to be somebody on the content creator that's uh, that's created a Super Mario in 2K22 already. Oh, that, I guarantee that, Guaranteed it. has to be done. Yeah. That's what blows me away is like how these creators make these calls for these games. Like, there's, um, like, I, they're better than some of the actual, like, real people that are in there. Like, it's, it's so impressive how these guys do this. I have no idea. Like, um, you guys either one make calls? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, uh, I've seen a couple of the creators that have came in and done it, and I've looked at what they've created. And there are content creators on YouTube and on Twitter and on TikTok that do nothing but make wrestling video game content. And it is ridiculous to me at the time. And like the the detail they'll put into it as to creating a character. Because when you look at some of these AEW guys they've put into two, uh, 2K22, like they're spot on. Some of the Kineos that I've seen and uh, some of the other guys that have come over, the, the guys that have made FTR down to their gear are making it to where it's spot on. It's almost scary about it. Well, now that you can upload like straight up photographic images, um, you know, that's, that's really neat. And then they're, they're, they're uh, 2Ks always had that game face. So, I mean, we we're in that day and age where dude, like if somebody's not on the roster, you have the tools to make them, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, for uh, sure. My first one off my list, I'm going to pull one from the more retro thing. It's coming from 1998. I remember playing this game on the Nintendo 64. It was WWF Warzone. And the reason why I picked Warzone for me was because it was one of the first games that I remember where when you created your created character, you got to build his clothes and his entrance and everything. But more importantly, you got to set his moveset. So to me, that was important because I wanted my guy's finisher to be one thing. But why the hell couldn't I just throw a rock bottom or a stunner in the middle of a match so I could set finishes to his regular moveset and just drop finishes whenever I wanted them? So I forgot it was, about that. So it was one of the first times I felt like you could be completely immersive in the system and build your character to be whoever you wanted it to be. No, that was that was a good one. You know what? Out of the same group, because you said Warzone, right? Because yeah. you're talking um, out of that same um, genre. You also had the one that I played was uh, WWF uh, WrestleMania 2000, which that was the sequel to what? What was the, what was what's the famous N64 one that's always the like everyone's top. WWF uh, attitude. It's actually number two on my list. On my, uh, it's funny because you okay. bring it up because all three of those Warzone, Attitude, and WrestleMania. They're like a triangle. Yeah, yeah. They're all in the same family. Uh, they, I liked how they all went back to back with only one of them being released on the Dreamcast. I thought that was interesting that WWE only released one game on the Dreamcast out of those trio because Attitude was the only one that was. The other two released Game Boy, PlayStation, and 64, all of it, but only Attitude released on the uh, Dreamcast, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, no joke. Okay. I think that's a very underrated system overall. Bobby, did you play the Dreamcast? Do you remember that one? Oh, I've never actually played Dreamcast. You're a little bit older. You know, they... Oh, no, I was going to say the Dreamcast, they had a really cool groundbreaking um, wrestling game, uh, WWF Royal Rumble. Uh, it was the first wrestling game where you had a Royal Rumble and you could have more than four guys in the ring. To my knowledge, it was the first one. I believe you could get like up to eight. They made it into like an arcade cabinet game as well. Um, but one of the one of the issues that it had often t because their roster wasn't that big oftentimes you would have the same wrestler in the ring with themselves so like you could be in a royal rumble and you have like three tazes in the ring just fucking suplexing everybody you know it was it was interesting but it was the first one where you got to more than four players on the screen simultaneously which was pretty cool alice Cortez. says nobody released anything on the dream dreamcast because it was trash it's um, not true wwf royal rumbles on the dreamcast 
I Bobby. had it. Uh, Kyle, you're next. What's uh, the next one on your list? Um, so I'm going to go with, once again, I like, I wanted to go off the, on, off the beaten path, you know, where, where you have the same games that most people list. I'm going to list one now for st- nostalgia stand, um, standpoint alone, because the game is actually pretty God awful. And that is WWF raw. Um, so SmackDown had been on the scene for a while. Uh, Xbox came out, they needed their own unique title. And so they made raw. I remember this game sucks by today's standards because how slow everything moves that game is so slow by today's standards in in movement speed moves it just moves at a snail's pace but one of the cool things about it though was like when you're booking shows and 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 you're going through like career and stuff is you had the ability to lay traps backstage. So you could say like, you know, like your opponent is scheduled to have like an interview backstage and you could have like a fucking cinder block just fall from the, the, the rafters onto this dude's head. But it wasn't guaranteed that it would hit. So sometimes, yeah, this dude would get laid out by like a stray cinder block. Other times the interview would wrap up and he would take like a couple paces and it would just fall behind him. Um, but it was a neat one. It was a neat concept. They tried some stuff, but ultimately, if you find anyone talking about WWF Raw one or two, uh, usually they say it's like one of the worst wrestling games ever. But I loved it as a kid. I feel like historically speaking, a lot of these wrestling games are known more so for being broken than they are for being legitimately good games. Like Bobby was just saying, there was like with 2K20. I mean, it's not something that we're used to hearing or it's something we're very used to hearing when it comes to these games having buggy issues. And it's not just WWE games either. The the UFC games, UFC 2, UFC 3, they both had a lot of bugs in them at first before they got patches out. So I feel like no, that's... Shout out. Shout out to 3, man. They brought in Pride Mode soccer kicks, bro. <laughs> we still need to get you on and talk some UFC, Kai. I feel like Fuck that's yes. a... That's a, a topic of conversation that we could, we could get into that's not pro wrestling related. I am just as deep just as deep in the ufc bobby what's next on your list brother uh wcw the revenge uh for n64 like that Mm -hmm. yeah it blew me away though like if you look at the cover it's so funny that raven is on the cover of this game like he is so overshadowed by the other two like it's hilarious but the game i thought was good like there's more characters in this game than i think that really has been involved in any other game without calls or anything like that. Like that game to me, like at the time blew me away. Um, I'm sure if I played it now, it'd be like watching the Popeye movie with Robin Williams. I wouldn't be as impressed, but right point in time. I, I really did. I really thought that game was great. Dude. My favorite was um, K dog in that as, as like, dude, I turned 10 in 98 and that's when WCW NWO revenge came out. K Dog, I thought was like the coolest fucking guy in uh, in WCW, man. <laughs> I mean, to this day, I still wear flannels, man. To this day, I still wear flannels. Even did the whole. Mm-hmm. I was always a big fan in WCW. I give them props for the amount of luchadors they signed, and when uh, Bischoff specifically was taking over, like the deals with AAA and stuff like that, I appreciated that side of wrestling when he presented it. I also like with NWO WCW NWO Revenge uh, for the N64 and WCW NWO Thunder for the PlayStation were brother games released on different systems, like almost back to back, weren't they? Weren't they? Uh, the same way as the WWE Warzone, WWF Attitude, weren't they like back-to-back games that were the same style and the the same um, series, I guess is the way to put it? I'm sorry, which two did you say? Uh, Revenge and Thunder. WCW, NWO, Revenge, and WCW, NWO, Thunder. That was like 98, 99, back-to-back. Weren't they in a series of games? Didn't they go together? Um, I think so. Because, I mean, they did like World Tour um, as well. Uh, it's hard. I added those ones. Um, Revenge was the only one that I had. So like all the other ones that came out, I pretty much learned about them on YouTube lists. Um, next for me is WWF SmackDown, the 2000 version on the PlayStation. Um, what I really appreciated about this game was the innovation of adding tables and chairs and ladders and stuff like that. I thought it was cool to where you could go in and create your own uh, kind of match setup. 
Uh, you could build your own gimmick matches. They added cage matches. Um, I don't think they had the Hell in a Cell added yet. They may have by 2000. But I know I remember me and my cousins would play, and we would build these ridiculous spots with ladders and chairs and tables and then throw each other off the stage through two or three tables stacked on top of each other. And just the sheer level of shit you could build in that game using the furniture they gave you made it so much fun to play. Dude, it's... Uh, SmackDown will always have... A special place in my heart, man. I am telling you on the PS1, you know, everything, dude, their, their entrances for one, it was from a gameplay standpoint, it was neat because that's back when they didn't go for Sim and it was much more a fighting game. Uh, if you don't remember, like, dude, the striking, like, it was all about, like, striking combos and who can do, like, running and punches and stuff. Grappling was really, like, one of, like, the weaker aspects of um of that wrestling game, if I remember correctly. For sure. Uh, let's see. Bobby, you just did yours. Kyle, knock another one off your list now. Okay, so I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> and you guys can fight me over this. It is definitely a wrestling game. Um, Def Jam Fight for New York, man. One of the best wrestling games ever. And it had nothing to do with, with professional wrestlers. But you can fight me over this. This is a pro wrestling game uh, to its core. All those rappers, man, like Snoop Dogg, Red Man, Method Man, Exhibit, um, these guys, it was one of the best video games ever. And what's crazy is the makers of the Def Jam series are actually uh, the same people that's behind the AEW video game that's coming out. Uh, so there's a tie in there to modern day stuff. But um, yeah, if you've never had a chance to play uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, it is it's timeless. It still holds up by today's standards because it's all about gameplay, man. It's so good. I feel like when I play a lot of those fighter games, I'm just a button masher, honestly. I feel like I'm just mashing the buttons until I can get the combos right. And that I put that game in my head in the same opinion that I would like a Mortal Kombat style like side-scroller fighter game versus a wrestling game. But I see what you're saying with how it would be like combat i'll say combat sports how about that combat sports well there's game. there's a lot of i mean it's both it's striking grappling they have the same mechanics that you use in like the turnbuckles you can throw a, a guy up against like a barrier or a wall and then you can do a grappling move with him which initiates a special move um it, it's it's the bones are there that it's a pro wrestling game like like i said it's off the beaten path here my friend <laughs> Beastie Boys in it? Huh? Are Beastie Boys in it? I don't think so. No. All right, then I pat her out. Oh man, why? Because they are Def Jam. Like they were the part of the Def Jam like originators. So, well, there's three Def Jam games. The one I'm talking about is the second of the three. Okay. The second one, if you if you find anybody that's played the three of them most they'll they'll say that fight for new york the second one was the best um in yeah um uh, no it, it's I, you got you got to see the special moves yeah. it, not only that because like the rappers themselves like all of these famous rappers and everything they voiced their characters they came in and they laid out all of these um all of the uh, uh these lines there was a story mode where you you went through and fall snoop dogg was the big villain of the whole game dude you throw him out of a skyscraper to win it's it's fucking bonkers man this game is so crazy check it out yeah i and like i said from a gameplay standpoint it's it's mechanically sound it's dialed in so good all right uh, um next one off my list I'm going to go with another classic in WWF WrestleMania 1989. Another one that's just purely based on gameplay. Not to mention the fact some of the guys that were in that game, Andre the Giant, Macho Man, um, Hulk Hogan, 
Uh, then you had Ted DiBiase. I mean, it was just a stacked who's who of the golden era of WWE. So the the list of the guys you got to be just screams nostalgia for me, especially since that early 90s was when I really came into watching wrestling around the time. I, I've mentioned it once before already today, recording a, another episode, was that around that 92 reign when Ric Flair came in and won the Rumble and took the title was when I really started to peak as a wrestling fan. So it was that late 80s, early 90s area for me. And that was one of the first games I remember playing live as a kid. Uh, so that one obviously made my list. Bobby, you're up. Uh, yeah, um, I remember going to the bowling alley with my mom. Um, and as a kid, you know, bowling games are going to be like three or four hours long. So what do you get? Fed quarters from, you know, mom, you know, leave me alone, kid. Um, so single mom pushed me to the arcade and WWF WrestleMania. That's the game that like really stuck out to me. Um, I probably put enough quarters in that game to buy a house, uh, at this point in time in my life. Um, but it was so simple. Like the game was like, the gameplay wasn't great, but the guys in the game weren't great either. Like it was, you had a couple like main eventers, but then you had honky talk man before he like really had made his career and that game to me like always sticks out as a personal favorite because you had Bam Bam Bigelow and Honky Talk Man in there with Hulk Hogan, um, Andre the Giant, and Ted DiBiase, all these main event guys, and you're like, how are these guys gonna win? But in the reality of it, they were actually the better people to play, and you'd win the game that way. Bobby, where do you rank Honky Talk Man as far as the greatest intercontinental champions of all time? Oh, he's number one if you ask him. Um, <laughs> I love that. If you ask him, <laughs> um, if you look at work weight, work rate, and what uh, we consider intercontinental champions, um, Honky's probably pretty low. Um, but if you look at character and what he did for that title, and like he was, he was that quintessential guy that really did make that belt famous um, more than the workers. He was a character. He was probably a bigger character than anybody else that held that belt other than probably warrior. Um, but yeah, I'd say hockey's in top 10. Kyle, what about you? Uh, who would you the say? Miz. Do you think the, the Miz, Miz all day, the greatest, greatest intercon intercontinental champion of all time, man. He makes that belt. He makes the, 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 the like him and Chris Jericho made that belt probably feel bigger in the modern day. Uh, just a quick caveat, Bobby. I didn't really watch any wrestling before like 96. And every now and then, every now and then someone will suggest a match to me. It's not my cup of tea where, where my olive branch into the golden era is. If you can find me guys that had a work rate that was beyond their time, like before their, like, you know, um, then like, I, I'll be super into it. Like I really, I, I really love like Macho Man and, uh, and uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat matches. I think those are fascinating, but I think the Miz is awesome. I think that it's a really cool um there that he's probably gonna if if wwe uh, uh books it correctly um he's gonna retire off of his final intercontinental championship run for those who are uninformed or have never heard me talk on a show because i say this fact like every fucking show i do um the miz is less than 30 days away uh from holding that ic belt uh in more combined days than anybody else in wwe history um and so i can't wait to see that record uh if it's, if it's not him, it's Chris Jericho. Those are my two top IC champs. My number one IC champ, hands down, has always been Jericho or has been for a long time. I think The Miz, he's only, he's got eight reigns. So if he gets one more, it ties Jericho for most all time, but he can pass him for most days holding the title. Because um, yeah. him, him and Jericho will both be tied for nine. Um, my, my, my thing with both of you, like, I agree. Like I think Jericho's great. I think Miz is great at, as IC champs. Um, to me, though, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning is my IC champ. Like, that's the guy that um, I see as the IC belt. Like, you know, it, he personified, like, what it was um, to me, again, in my opinion, is I think that Kurt Henning, because coming from the AWA as a world heavyweight champion, the guy that beat Nick Bockwinkle, like, the guy that, you know, really took the throne over and then came over to WWF and never got the big belt, when I really do think that, He's also probably the guy that never held the WWE championship 
that should have been the WWE champion, more than Piper, more than anybody else, Jake the Snake or anybody else. I think Kurt Henning to me is always going to be my number one IC champion. You think, I can see that argument too. You think he's the best guy to never win a title though? Yes. Really? Winner. Even yes. fresh off of all the love that Razor's got? Yeah. I Razor Razor was good. But if you watch Razor in AW, let, let's go back to AWA. Razor was teamed up with Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning, one year, two years earlier, was a rookie as well. When Razor was put up, put in there as big Scott Hall, big, big Magnum Scott Hall at that point, they were calling him. Um, Razor is good. I think he's overrated though. I think that Kurt Henning, Kurt Henning proved to all everybody that how great he was. And he came from a lineage as well. So he had those bigger steps than what Razor did that Scott Hall did. Um, he had to overstep Larry Henning, who was a main eventer. And to me, Kurt Henning did that easily. Um, he he displaced his father. Um, his son tried, and that win when his when his when his son won the IC belt, that to me was amazing. Like that was a great memory. But Kurt Henning is better than Scott Hall, and he was at the beginning of his career, and he was at the end of his career, in my opinion. I don't I disagree with you, but it just kind of sounds yucky to say out loud if you think Kurt Henning was a better wrestler than Scott Hall. Um, I think that Scott did more character-wise. Um, I've said this a lot of times when it comes to certain characters. Their charisma outweighs their work in the ring versus their ability to work in the ring outweighs their charisma. You can have one or the other and still be a great you don't necessarily have to be great at both in order to be great, if that makes sense. You look at somebody like Bret Hart, great worker, not a great talker, versus somebody like Hulk Hogan, who was a hell of a talker but was shit in the ring. You see? Oh. <laughs> Hard debate. Um, right, so the one thing I'll give Scott Hall over Kirk Henning, he had a better opportunity in WCW because he came in as a surprise guy. But yeah. you, know, you could put, if you put Henning out there, as a surprise guy walking through the crowd, the impact would still be there. A WWF guy, WWE guy walking through the crowd, you put Henning out there, he could talk. Like he got over um, that country group that rap is crap. Like rap is like, we <laughs> get over Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, and uh, it was the, the Bobby Duncan Jr. You, he got those three guys over wearing a cowboy hat he's from minnesota he's not a cowboy he's not country but he got those guys over on a smaller stream because it's scott hall versus kevin nash but again he wasn't part of the click i'm gonna get off this uh, high horse here uh but kurt henning is my number one ic champ uh bama in the chat says he'd rather see razor as champ over mr perfect i tend to agree and most of the times i would definitely say give him the belt over mr perfect had he had the opportunity in that um kyle you're up on your list what's next for you sir all right uh sticking with like i said i have made it a goal of mine to not bring up the the normal games that everyone brings up so I'm going to continue with that trend and I'm going to go with WWE Immortals, another mobile title. Uh, this was interesting. If you've never heard about this, um, NetherRealm, the, the publishers behind or the developers behind the Mortal Kombat games, the modern Mortal Kombat games, they made this. Uh, so all of these, all of your wrestlers, The Rock, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, they're all done up in like superhero or super villains aesthetics it is very much a fighting game not a wrestling game it's just a wrestling game with with i mean a, a fighting game with wrestling skins on it um but once again another game i sunk many hours into just chasing the just it's just you just tap you just tap you hold the block you swipe for special moves i mean you got got like daniel bryan who like transforms into a literal fucking goat and will run a guy over um <laughs> it's 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 stupid it is so stupid <laughs> it's so stupid but yet another game i sunk many many hours into until they started to take my money and then i was like no i can't do this i can't justify can't justify it 
but uh yeah wwe immortals um i'm actually looking at some google images looks like they had some updates i might need to download this shit again look at seth Rollins in this shit what was the wwe game that was a mobile game kai that was like nba jam uh do you remember that one it was a mobile game like nba jam where they were like caricatures and it was like a cartoon i'm not sure i love nba jams speaking of death jams the beastie boys are on that game they are definitely (laughs) on that game uh i can't remember what it's called though i'll see if i can are you thinking more like are you thinking like wwf mayhem mayhem um, is it battlegrounds is battlegrounds the one that it's the- kind of like it it looks kind of like battleground you don't mean def jam like literally it's a basketball game you just kind of mean like the aesthetics of it right yeah no no, no the same like the same style of uh animation and stuff that's what i mean by that is like yeah, it's obviously I, made like you can fucking set your guys on fire and throw them through the ring yeah and i think like i think that. you're yeah. talking about i think you're talking about wwe mayhem yeah okay yeah. I couldn't remember which one it was, but for some reason that popped into mind when you were talking about mobile games. I remember playing a mobile game on one of the early iPhones that was like that. It was like NBA Jam stylistically, but wrestling instead of basketball. Um, I've got one left on my list. I'm going to knock one more out. Um, I'm going to go... Kyle, you mentioned it already once, but it's the, the trio that closes out the WWF trilogy in the late 2000s or not late 2000s, late 90s, rather, with WWF WrestleMania 2000. Um, It kind of took what I said about the first two games in that series and just expanded better. Uh, By 2000, we had already had some of the crossover from WCW and ECW. Some of those guys had started coming over. So it was the first time we started to see names from other companies inside WWF games, not to mention that fact that they had started to upgrade the graphics by this end of the N64 era. So we started to really see some like step up in in the gameplay and stuff specifically. They, uh, they added a little bit more. It wasn't just a mash buttons and go or block and kick combo style game. They actually gave us something to work with and in combos and in button. Com- it wasn't just uh, a Mortal Kombat game in a ring anymore. They actually gave us some stuff to roll with. I agree with you. Uh, three things stick out about WrestleMania to me. The the 2000, right? WrestleMania 2000. A, they took the the animation. Uh, the, the animation for whenever you win a ladder match was when uh, Jeff Hardy pulled down the money bag and fell off the ladder. Um, they They included that in the game. That was super cool. Um, and I, you know, my young brain thought that that is how every ladder match was going to end. Like everybody has to fall off the ladder when they win now. Um, two, you could customize the clothing of existing wrestlers. How cool was that back then? Like if their if their outfits changed, you could try to update the outfits or just create, you know, make your own faux roster. Uh, and then, of course, like a lot of the other wrestling games back then, um, they they actually played out the story mode of like the most recent year in wrestling. And you got to relive like all the most recent stuff that happened in pro wrestling. That's a dude. It's a it's it's a gem. It always gets overshadowed by WWF attitude. But I'm right there with you, Will. WWF WrestleMania 2000 is is awesome. Bobby Mack, you're up. Uh, WCW World Championship Wrestling with the Road Warriors on the cover. Um, the end, the master, the champion was basically Andre the Giant in a mask. Um, and the only person I ever discovered to beat him, Mike Rotundo, like the future IRS, the future father of Bray Wyatt, was the only guy that I could ever defeat the champion. Um, this masked person and you know Andre is were a mask before uh but yeah that game that game blew me like that game blew me away like it was so funny because only Mike, Mike Rotundo's only real like real move was a high knee and that high knee was able to beat the champion well, I mean, we remember at one point in history that a clothesline would be the finishing maneuver for a match or a leg drop. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not completely out of the drop out there. I I got that hidden meaning right there. Sure. <laughs> uh, Kyle, we're back around to you. Man, I'm I'm 
I'm running. I'm running dry over here. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, I'm running out of titles here. I've I've had to I've had to kind of look through. Um, go through the memory bank a little bit, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go through all these titles and figure out which ones jump out at me. You know what? I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna double back to to the SmackDown games. Show them some more love. Um, I believe it's gonna be. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go to um, SmackDown two. Um, because SmackDown 2, for the sole purpose, uh, was when I learned uh, I was becoming a man. Because I swear, because you remember they showed, like, as the loading screens, they were, like, fucking just straight up, just, like, portraits of the wrestlers. They were just images. So I saw Trish Stratus, and I was like, there's something to this. There is something to this. <laughs> that was the day little little Kyle became a man was looking at those images and I was like, I know what I want in life. And it looks like that. Um, I definitely, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. I remember as a young adolescent male myself, the first few times, um, one of my funniest stories is my sister will tell the story. Anytime she talks about my early wrestling ventures into live shows, my dad would take us to Tennessee all-star wrestling a lot in Nashville it was one of Lawler's gigs, and he, he was a lot with uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett and those guys. And uh, this was when Lawler was still active on the roster with Miss Kitty. You remember Miss Kitty? Oh, yes. Um, so when she, I, Yeah, she showed her boobies she, at, a, at a wrestling event one time. She did. Um, we were in Nashville, and she we, we were ringside setting by the barricade. And the story that I remember is drastically different than my sister's. I remember reaching out for a high five for Lawler and unintentionally grabbing the uh, the derriere of Miss Kitty. And apparently oh, I turned red as a fire truck as a very young age because I was so embarrassed that I did it without meaning to. My sister loves to tell that story to everyone when she has a chance to. Um, yeah, I, I, that was a very a learning experience for a young Will Gray. <laughs> I have... Um something that's that's not you know mistaken sexual assault uh <laughs> but you nonetheless was traumatizing to my little brother at a live event um wwf came to maine and it was just a, a house show and uh in maine there's not really many guys that are from maine but scotty too hottie is one of them and so my brother was oh shit probably like six seven you know if that um and i'm only about 10 11 myself but he stayed up all night making this big poster board and it was, it was the, it was a worm and it had the bucket hat with the hair and everything. And he was so proud of that. And then when Scotty to came, uh, he ran up, Kurt ran up to the guardrails. That's my little brother to hold up the sign. <laughs> my mom took it uh, from him, I guess, uh, to, to steal his thunder. I, I hate to say it, <laughs> but she got caught up in the moment. And Scotty Tuhati ripped the poster out of my mom's hands and gave her like the biggest hug. And my brother was to this day still angry because that was his hug. Uh, <laughs> you know, that hug was supposed to be for him and my mom stole it on the spot. Man. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to close it out. Each one of us has got to take one more turn around the circle and then we're going to call it a night. I'm going to bring my last pick in is going to be uh, WCW Mayhem. And you had mentioned WWF Mayhem previously, and Dave in the chat's totally right. This is on my list, and it was an N64 and PlayStation game. And it was kind of their version of Attitude. Um, it was a lot of the same style of gameplay. You could have a lot of the same uh, variations. You could go in and create gear and entrances. And this was WCW's version of that game. So that's why it definitely made my list. When you said mayhem earlier, I thought maybe they reused the name in true WWE fashion, whereas they bought the rights to something and then reused it later. So I thought maybe that's what they did, but this game was WCW mayhem. And, uh, I liked it because it was their carbon copy of attitude. So if you wanted to play attitude with the WCW guys, you played mayhem, uh, Bobby, yeah, um, I guess showing my age, like I really remember when Fabulous Moolah would come down the ring, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, so amazing!" Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's because you're a thousand years old. I know. I know. Now, Ray, Wendy Richter was actually like, "Wow," and then Missy Hyatt. But uh, going to game wise, no mercy. Like yeah. WWE, like legit. It when it came out, um, my girlfriend slash baby mom at the time 
was like, you cannot spend money on video games. And guess what I did? I'm single now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I went out and I bought that game. Like, that was my game. Um, It was the first one introduced ladder matches. It had all these innovations. Like, it was was the new WWF. Like, it was no longer Hogan and uh, Hart. Is that the guy's name? Uh, Hart. It was... Yeah, it was now this new generation and it introduced like a totally different genre to video games for the N64. And to me, that's always going to be my mecca of video games is No Mercy. Uh, Kyle, Bobby, Bama wants to know which one do you think is better, No Mercy or Here Comes the Pain? No Mercy. No Mercy for me as well. So that's three for three. Uh, Bobby, also Matt from Smackin' It Raw says, can you imagine the gall of a guy that thought he could be so good and could win with just a basic leg drop? Um, no, there was one guy, and that's only one guy, and that's Hulk Hogan. Um, he legit could do whatever needed to be done. You watch his Japanese matches, and people I know knock that, but the, the guy could do whatever, but he played to the audience. And you know what? At 50-some years old or late 40s, when he went against The Rock, he played to the audience. That match sucks when you put it on mute, but when you listen to that crowd reaction, there's nobody better than what Hulk Hogan did. So let me ask you in the real world, if I just look at my people and I just go, I just that doesn't work for me, brother, does that mean I can just get out of anything I don't want to do from here on out? The next time I get pulled over by a police officer, can I just be like, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> All right, so let's go to this. For 10 years, the guy wrestled with Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? One of the most stubborn people in the world, refused to get pinned. But yet, their matches, he put Piper over, winning every single time. Like, Piper <laughs> never got pinned by Hogan, ever, until he went to WCW. So, yeah, you... If you can make that kind of money, then all for you. Kyle, before this episode completely derails, do you have another uh, name on your list you want to get to? Yeah, so I wanted to apologize to anybody that was listening to this podcast screaming at um, at whatever they were listening to. It was No Mercy is the mecca of the of the wrestling game that everybody, that's the, the universal N64 game attitudes up there um but no mercy was definitely the one i was trying to think of earlier so i I have to formally apologize for forgetting that um but uh sticking in kind of like the same vein uh i'm gonna go my final one i'm gonna mention i remember playing this as a kid uh having to go to my friend's house and, and hijack their playstation just so we could play it and that was wwf warzone dude yeah. Warzone was where it was at. You got the classic Stone Cold on the front cover, giving the middle fingers in the leather vest, just looking like a million bucks. It was on the PlayStation. I mean, essentially, it might be it might be an unfair comparison, but I mean, it really was like up there uh, with with No Mercy. Like Warzone, Warzone deserves a lot of shine too, in my opinion. Um, I don't really have much insight onto it. It's, it's just one of those classic games that just they nailed the mechanics. They had the they had the attitude era, which was just in full throttle, was super popular. So it was capitalizing on that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look uh, the IMBD, it only gets a six, which is crazy to me because my memory thinks it's like an eight or nine. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Warzone Warzone was was dope as hell. By the way, and then also, also Hogan was not the only one. Um, he is in a prestigious group of people who can win with a leg drop. He is also joined by his peer, some would say his equal, uh, Nia Jax. Nia Jax won <laughs> with a simple leg drop plenty of times too. I just want to put that out into the ether. Um, but yeah, Bobby, you can rest easy knowing that Nia Jax and Hulk Hogan were used in the same sentence tonight, brother. Yeah, yeah. Until that part, I would agree. Like. Um, the Attitude Arrow is actually perfect for video game, uh, like wrestling. Like, like the Attitude Era introduced it. Like, honestly, most video games at this point in time, I'm watching for the entrance because that's what it is. Like, it's all about the entrance. It's all about the, the, the you know, that part of it. Um, but yeah, Nia Jax. Um, yeah, no. Bobby, that was a terrible fight song. 
<laughs> uh, at least we're still fighting instead of saying, hey, you know what? Next year will be good. I'm Florida sorry. State hasn't been relevant in a second. Um, 1999 was UT's last championship. But we I beat know. Florida State. But we beat Florida State. That was coming, but we beat Florida State. But, you know, we've won two or three since then, so... Well, that's fine. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this show is completely derailed. So before we go, Kyle, uh, please plug your stuff. Tell everybody about the Rewind and what you have going on. Oh, man. I um, I just got done doing a, 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 a wonderful show with former Smack Raw host and producer Katie Katie, or Katie Kinsey, baby, excuse me, um, called Inside the Mind of. It was a fun interview. Check out her her uh, YouTube channel and Twitch channel uh, to catch. I think that goes up like tomorrow. As far as my stuff goes, uh, Sunday nights right here on Twitch, we me and RN do the rewind. We uh, we cover essentially essentially the hot topics of the latest week in wrestling. You know, it's not not necessarily a recap on the shows themselves. Just what what are people talking about in the last week of wrestling? That's what me and RN try to capitalize on. Um, and you can catch that on. Most of the time, Sundays, 9 p.m. right here on Twitch. Uh, and then, of of course, um, all the other stuff like the Bammer Slammer, your show, Botch Spots, Chair Shots. Will, you've been crushing it with these interviews, man. Uh, you guys got to check out all these interviews. Is it – I'll let – you have something you want to plug, right? I want to plug it. I'm so excited. I want to plug it for you. But it's your baby. And if you're ready to plug it, I'll let you plug it. Otherwise, I don't know. Um but uh but yeah you guys gotta check us all out <laughs> bobby you're up um i don't plug much uh but uh, if you want to go to twitter you can find me on yellow shoe guy uh tiktok obviously i do some videos on there as well um we're live tonight so i'm excited it's our first real time with almost three thousand viewers on tiktok and followers so we're gonna keep growing that community and we're gonna keep growing this botch spots and chair shots community as well so we'll love it uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, as we get ready to close another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for stopping by and listening. Remember to go anywhere you do anything on the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, everywhere, literally have all the options. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, but then subscribe again, leaving a comment telling us how great we are, how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm and it helps find new listeners. If you're feeling very generous and you want to be one of those VIP people, Head over to Patreon and donate to the cause at the Smack Draw Network. You donate some money, you get some swag, we get some special guests. It's a win-win. As always, I'm your host, The Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. What are you wearing tonight, Will? It's a sweater. Watch Spots and Share Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Watch Spots and Share Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Watch Spots and Share Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the Takeover. It's the Takeover all day. And Bosh Bosh and Share Shots. Check. Savage!